coming up, Tales of Spirits in Transit and a Japanese Haunting. Next up on the Ghost Stories episode of the One Mic Project. One night, my mother and I were driving home from my grandparents' house in Maypen. We were driving on the toll road from Maypen to Spanish Town. Now, this toll road is a straight road. There are hardly any turnoffs. And on this portion of the road that we were driving on, there are absolutely no turnoffs. There's nowhere to turn off on. The most that you can do is pull over onto the soft shoulder. So my mother and I, we were talking, laughing, joking, you know, having a conversation, what we usually do on the way home from grandma and grandpa. And all of a sudden in front of us, we see this old broken down bus. Now this bus is so old, it looks like as if it was from the 1980s or something like that. And I'm not exaggerating. There's smoke puffing out of it and everything. And my mom was like, what is this bus doing on the road? What is going on? Why is it even driving? They need to take this bus off of the road. And I was like, what's even more important is how can this bus even be keeping up with us? How is it even driving this fast? What's going on? But both of us were like, well, anyway, whatever. And then we go back to our conversation, you know, just the usual laughing and joking. And about 10 minutes later, at the same time, both of us are like, where is the bus? Oh my God, where is the bus? Because we realize that the bus is no longer in front of us. Now, remember that we're driving on a portion of the road that has no turnoffs. So what my mother and I did was that we pulled over onto the soft, so, the soft shoulder and we were looking up and down. You know, we're trying to figure out what is going on? Where is the bus? What is happening? And that's when my mother and I realized that, you know something? It looks like this bus has totally disappeared from the road. This old broken down bus that could, looks like it could hardly be able to keep up with us has totally disappeared from the road and there's nowhere to turn from. So my mother and I, we just looked at each other and then we're like, you know something? It's time to get back in the car and go about our business. So we jumped back in the car, locked up the car, and then we're like, zoom, it's time to get home. And as soon as we got home, we jumped out of the car. We were all excited to tell everybody, oh my God, oh my God, you would not believe what happened. And that is how we have our story of 
the doppy bus. The bus that was driving in front of us and completely and totally disappeared. So a few years ago, I went home to America to celebrate my wedding, and we decided to stay on the Queen Mary as our hotel. My husband is from Sri Lanka, and he's really paranoid about ghosts, so I didn't tell him that it has a reputation for being potentially haunted. He thinks if you buy clothes from their store, that the spirit of the people who died in the clothes are going to come and haunt you. So we're on the boat, and when we get there, I finally tell him, oh, you know, it has some rumors that this place is haunted. But I didn't really think about it at all. We stayed there for about ten days. Other than some crazy raccoons and some drunk high people, we didn't really run into anything that was of note. On our last day there, we had a huge fight. So we're laying in the bed, and I don't want to talk or look at him, so I turn to the wall that has a huge mirror on it. As I'm laying there, I can see the heavy door that needs a key card to be open crack and slowly start to open. I'm wondering what is going on, but there's nobody opening the door. The door opens halfway and just sits there. Then suddenly it slams closed. I turn to my husband and I'm like, oh my God, did you just see that? And he's just telling me, shut up, shut up, shut up. Don't say anything, shut up. So I paranoidly go to sleep. Then the next day, we get on our flight, and once we're in the air, he turns to me and goes, Oh my God, did you see the door open and close on its own? And I was like, Yeah, you told me not to say anything. He's like, I didn't want the spirit to come back. (laughs) I grew up in San Antonio, Texas. It is a city rich with Mexican heritage and is known for its ghosts and hauntings. Although I spent a major portion of my life there, I never had any experiences with ghosts. When I moved to Tokyo, that changed. I lived in a western city called Seiseki Sekaragaoka. Other foreigners lived in the building because at the time it was one of the few places we were allowed to live. I quickly made friends with my new neighbors and we enjoyed evenings at great restaurants and bars in the area. On a few occasions, my newfound Australian friend brought up strange things that he had experienced in the building that I lived. He only lived two doors down from me. Historically speaking, Seiseki Sukuragaoka is located next to the Tama River and is a place where a major battle occurred between two warring people, both Japanese. He told me of one Saturday afternoon Shortly after moving to Japan, he was taking a nap in the loft of his room. He was awoken by a voice speaking in Japanese, but he could not understand as he was new to Japan. He thought he might have just heard something outside, so tried to doze back off. Then the voice awoke him again, this time closer. He reached for his phone, thinking it was playing back a message. But as he did this, he felt something the size of a human roll over him, pushing him to the other side of his bed. He decided it was time to go for a walk outside. A Canadian friend of ours lived downstairs, and she said she experienced exactly the same thing. 
prompting her to move to a different room in the building, out of sheer terror. One night, after a group of us came back from enjoying some fun at a darts bar, the Australian guy and I walked up the stairs to the second floor. As he was about to open his door, and I was about to go to my room and call it a night, a loud sound came from inside his apartment. It sounded like something or someone had rushed up the ladder to his loft and jumped into his bed. Being far too scared to go inside, we called a friend from downstairs to come check the room. He came up, but there was nothing there. I wouldn't have been so scared, except a few months earlier, in the middle of summer, around six o'clock in the morning on a weekday, I was awoken to the sound of a plastic bag on the floor next to me being tapped by something. I then felt a rush of fear and could not move my body or call out for help to anyone, as I tried to do to no avail for what seemed like many minutes. I then heard what sounded like a child or a woman's soft screaming voice disappear into the wall connecting to a crazy Japanese girl's room next door. I call her crazy because she would scream at the top of her lungs whenever I was noisy, and sometimes for no reason at all. This continued to happen on random days of the week for months. I asked Japanese people who I met if they knew why this would be happening, and they suggested repositioning my bed, facing another direction, or putting salt in the corners of my room. One girl actually grabbed my arm and pointing to a crease near my elbow on the inside of my arm said, Ah, Reikansen. I asked, What is Reikansen? She said, You have a spirit line, so they can communicate with you. That definitely didn't help. I began leaving for work at five in the morning, as strange things always happened around dawn or 6 a.m., and it was affecting my sleep and job performance. As winter approached, I decided to start sleeping in my loft in hopes of staying warm, as Japanese apartments can be very cold, but also to avoid these things from happening downstairs. For a few weeks, I actually began sleeping well, and I didn't notice anything unusual. Then, sure enough, one night, I woke up to what sounded like someone sweeping the tatami mat floor of my small living area below. I was almost too scared to go down the ladder to get ready for work. As I was working in video at that time, I decided that I would set up my video camera the next morning and try to film around the time strange things usually happened. I woke up early one morning and turned on my camera to push record and then hopefully doze off. But for some reason, there was an unknown error message on my camera, and it would not record. That freaked me out even more. And I ended up spending about $300 for Sony to repair an unknown error. At one point, I had a girlfriend living with me, and I often mentioned these things to her. She thought I was crazy, 
and would stay sound asleep when I would try to wake her up sometimes when I heard or felt something or someone. She was a student, so she often stayed at my place to study while I was at work. She used my computer desk, which was next to the door separating the small kitchen and living area in my apartment. And in winter, we always kept the sliding door fully shut to keep warm. One day, she called me while I was at work, and she was freaking out. She said, I believe you. And I didn't even know what she was talking about. She said she had been studying mid-afternoon, and the door in the kitchen suddenly slid open a few centimeters, and she felt a girl's presence on the other side. Of course, the cold air from the kitchen, it being winter, made the experience all the more fearful. One of the strangest things that happened to me was on Christmas Eve. I went home to drop off my work equipment and change before going to a Christmas party down the street. I opened my apartment door and heard running water. I looked at the kitchen faucet, and it wasn't turned on. So, I opened the door to the single-unit bathroom, and the sink was turned on full blast. It was strange because I never used that sink, as there is no space in there. I only used the kitchen sink. Assuming my girlfriend had been by and left it on accidentally, when I got to the Christmas party that night, I asked her to be more careful and not waste water. She got super angry because she hadn't even been by that day. Following this incident, there were a few others, but I noticed around the beginning of spring, nothing was really happening. Of course, I felt relief and began to forget how worried I had been. Summer came and went, and nothing strange happened, so I didn't feel the need to move out of the place. Then I remember, as the cooler days of autumn approached, I started hearing things again and waking up being unable to move. I dealt with this until the following spring, while saving money, and of course found a place to move in central Tokyo the following year. Looking back, I realized that it was strange nothing seemed to happen during the Obon period of late August, when spirits are supposed to be among the humans. But after asking various people, I was told that actually there are two other days when spirits come in the year. One is in spring, and the other in autumn. I'm not sure, but I feel like whatever was bothering me arrived in autumn and left in spring. That was the Ghost Stories episode. Please check out the episode notes to get more information about the storytellers, as well as to find out how to keep up to date with the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>